Hi, thank you so much for tuning into our Stolen Lunches podcast. Today, we are going to dive into one of our powerful virtual Bible studies. Get out your journal, get out your Bible. Let's dive in. We want to take some moment, Lord, to say how grateful we are um, for the life that you have given us, Lord. There are still a lot of things that we're working through. Um, there are still a lot of things that's going on around us. We are still struggling with a lot of things. However, Lord, we know that you are for us. And if you are for us, Lord, that nobody can be against us. Lord, we know that you are our God. We know that you love us unconditionally. We know, Lord, there's nothing that we can do to make you love us less, or there's nothing that we can do to make us to make you love us even more than you already do because your love is perfect. And so Lord, we thank you. Um, we take um, peace and we know that we can um, be content, Lord, in, in this love that you, you have for us, Lord. Um, Lord, right now, we are about to open your word. Um, we ask that you can be among us. You said when two or three are gathered, you are here among us. And so, Lord, be among us tonight, Lord, as we open and study your word. And ask, we ask that, Lord, we can get something out of it, Lord. We can have something to transform our lives. We can have hope that we can have increase our faith in you. And we ask, Lord, that we can um, strengthen each other, Lord, and that we can um, be of good faith, Lord, um, tonight as we open the word. Lord, we don't even know what to say, really, because, Lord, we are empty, and we ask that you fill us up tonight, and we ask, Lord, that you um, can show up in mighty and greater way than we can even ask or imagine. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, all right. So, Miss Tracy, what are we going to study tonight? Okay, um, and Joanne said at the beginning that I hope you have your Bibles tonight, because we really and truly want to get in our word and study our word and get in there. So we are not here to preach to y'all, but yet we're here to study this Bible. And so we're going to give you our thoughts if we have a thought on a verse. And we hope you guys bring your thoughts on a verse because tonight we are going over Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> and we really want to learn at like take away what faith really means and how we can apply it to our lives so this bible study technique that we're going to use tonight is called a verse by verse bible study and this is where we're going to read the whole entire chapter and you know uh, maybe we'll read it all the way through first and then um, and then go by each individual verse, but each slide will have a section of verses on there and we'll just study those slides and that's it. Okay, so doing, using this technique, it provides a symptomatic and in-depth way to study the Bible and it's gonna slow down the pace of Bible study, you know? <laughs> slow it down so that we can really meditate, understand and get a very good understanding of this word. And it allows a greater input from everybody. So, um, and so like if some of you guys might have um, study Bibles, Bibles with commentary in there, maybe some notes that you've written off in the margin, this is the Bible study where you want, we wanna bring all of that to the table because we're trying to get a great understanding um, of what faith is in our lives, what faith is, means in this biblical um, aspect so that we can really get out everything that God will have us to get out on tonight, okay? So, and we want to see Christ in this passage, okay? Um, so next slide, Joanne. 
Okay, so tonight we are going through the book of Hebrews. Um, we're, excuse me, we're not going through the entire book of Hebrews. We're going through book uh, chapter 11, but just to give you a quick overview, a quick summary of the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, we don't know who's the author of the book of Hebrews. It doesn't really say, although there's some speculations on who it could have been, but the whole idea behind Hebrews is that Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. It's the main, the main goal is to elevate Jesus as superior to the angels in the Torah, Moses and the um, promised land, the Old Testament priest, um, any sacrificial sacrifice that could have been presented to God in the Old Testament or any Old Testament covenant, Christ is supreme. And then, um, and that's what verses one through 10 is going over are the different areas in which how Christ is above those um, things, the angels, Moses, Old Testament sacrifices and various things like that. And then when we get to verse 11, that um, some um, Bibles call it the hall of fame of faith. That's going to give us different models. We're going to go through different characters in the Old Testament, like Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, um, Joseph, Moses, and Rahab, and it's going to go into how they model faith. Faith, And we want to see how you guys model faith. There's some different faith examples that you may have. Um, so we're and through these great examples of faith, um, we are going to learn how to apply that through our lives. Um, and that's what um, Hebrews 1 through 11 goes into. And then by the end of Hebrews, it's going to tell us um, where you're, it's, it, is telling all this, those things to have faith in Christ and that Christ is supreme. Um, and it reminds us that God, Christ will never leave us. God will never leave us nor forsake us. And if you could been to this Bible study, you've probably heard my favorite Bible verse a hundred million times, Deuteronomy 31 and six, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that verse is recited in Hebrews 13 and five. So I was like, oh, I'm in love with this chapter. <laughs> so that's what it's all about. And um, but tonight we're going to go over um, chapter 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith, where faith is mentioned 26 times. So we are really going to get into faith on tonight. Um, so is there anyone that would like to read the entire chapter before we then um, cut down, uh, go through each chapter? Anyone have it pulled up already? Uh, Florine? You're on mute though. All right, so we're reading the whole chapter? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm gonna read it from NIV, Okay. just so you know. Um, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him 
must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commended the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on this earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them by faith. Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, 
not fearing the king's anger. He preserved because he saw, I'm sorry, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on, as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, uh, Japheth, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refused to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed into two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Woo! They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for faith, for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect Amen. thank you thank you that was beautiful beautiful if you've never read the old testament i just love how chapter 11 just basically starts from genesis with abel and sums it all up and at the end of the day you no know, it tells us from uh from a hall of fame of faith type <laughs> perspective like how it just models, shows how these people who've come before us and you can really read their story and point out how they were able to stay faithful to God. Now, not one of these persons was perfect. Right. You can read their stories and you can see how they weren't perfect, but you can still how they still you can still see how they remain faithful. So through that, hopefully as we go through Bible study tonight, you we can really learn and get a great understanding of what faith means. And we've seen it modeled by the Old Testament um, persons, and how hopefully it's been modeled by some of us today, and we can apply it to our lives. So um, starting with chapter eleven, verse one. Um, the NIV version says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then the ERV says, faith is what makes real the things we hope for. It is proof of what we cannot see. What are your thoughts on that? And anybody can jump up, jump in. Yeah, and tonight we definitely want to make it interactive, as interactive as possible. So jump in at any time, at any point. If you have 
Something to share for sure. Some, I see a hand raise. Oh, Florine. Yes, I use the raise your hand feature. Sorry, it's a habit. <laughs> yes. Um, so reading verse one for me, the now faith, like just the first two words, it, it's like a, a charge, like it should activate, like it means the right now, the present, the let's get going, the I'm excited because I have Jesus kind of faith, like it should be like the spark to your flame. Um, and for me too, it's the definition of my faith. Amen. It's about what I cannot see, which is echoed through the whole chapter. These wonderful people before us, our brothers, our sisters before us, they had a hope. Mm -hmm. They had an assurance mm -hmm. that whatever I am asking God, what God promised me, I, I don't yet see it, but mm -hmm. I believe for it. And that's what this means to me for verse one. Amen. Yes. Verse one provides that definition of yeah. faith, what it really is. Um, and I pulled up the dictionary version of it just to make it even more clear. <laughs> it isn't as clear as a complete trust or confidence, a strong belief, strongly held. So that's what it is, a complete confidence in that. Anybody else have any um, thoughts they want to put in on that definition? Not the definition per se, but I would say that um, especially if you read from chapter 10, I think it's a continuation. And I think I love the fact that Florine um, mentioned the now faith because I, I'm realizing more and more that a lot of times the Bible, he'll tell you something, but he won't just let you dry. He'll tell you exactly what that is. Um, a lot of times, sometimes there is room for interpretation, but when it, when it comes to the central ideas like faith and grace and forgiveness, it tells you exactly what it is. So Hebrews 10, um, verse uh, 38. So at the end of that chapter, it says that yet in a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. It's like, if we are righteous, we shall live by faith. And then in chapter 11, it tells us, okay, that's what faith is. This is the definition of faith. And it gives us, examples of what faith looked like from people that we read in the Bible that we may or may not have seen as faith. And of course, that's why we, we're going through and we're going to talk about each of those characters. Um, a lot of them, I, I, I wouldn't see that was faith because I was like, oh, that was, why is there in the hall of faith? Because I don't think they were faithful back then. And so not only that, it gives us what we should do. We, the righteous one should live by faith. And now it's given us the definition of faith. And then it's going to give us examples of what faithful characters look like so that we can apply it into in, in our lives. And I would say for verse one, sometimes I understand it's so clear. Sometimes that verse is just like, oh, yes, faith. I know what it is. And sometimes I read that over and over and over again, and I still don't understand it. So it's just like, well, and that's why I love the, the easy read version, the ERV version that says faith is what makes real the things that we hope for. It is proof of the things that we cannot see. And so it's just how do, how can I apply that in my life and just removing the word faith sometimes, but saying that, man, the things that I'm hoping for, it's real mm -hmm. because it's anchored in God's promise to me. And therefore, that is faith. Because I feel like a lot of times faith can be 
oh, well, if I have faith, I don't waver. Or if I have faith, then I don't have doubt. But it's just like, mm, for me, I would say sometimes I'll take the definition of faith altogether out of it. And I just read that, oh, I've got hope in the thing. It's real for me because I've got hope in it. And I've got hope in the person that says it to me. And therefore, that's faith. So I'll just go on attention on that. But. Thank you. James? So when I was thinking about verse one, I started reading and I got stuck on verse three. It said, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what seen was not made out of what was visible. Mm -hmm. So I got to what I got was the things that if you if you of God, you believe of God, that he formed us and the things that are to come that we see is not of him, you know, because he, he, it's, already, it's, already, it's already worked out for us. He, he created it. It's, it's in him. We are in him. We got the faith. Everything that goes on, we got to put it back in him. It's in his hands. You know, Amen. that's what I got out of it. Amen. And the beautiful thing about that, um, today I was getting my hair retwisted. I have um, sister locks and I didn't, I didn't tell Melanie about that. I have, I'm going over Hebrews today for a Bible study, but she, we were, we always talk, our conversations go all over, <laughs> but she brought up, oh, oh my God. Sorry, my alarm started to go off. Um, but she brought up the idea that um, she, the Big Bang theory. She's like, I just, I kind of believe in Big Bang because God said, let there be. And maybe it was like, bam, <laughs> there it was. And um, the beautiful, what I, the beauty that I saw in that is like, some people are, are too busy and do I believe in it? The, the, um, in there was because of the Bible or do I believe in this scientific thing because there's this proven scientific um, data or theories that say this is so. And what I liked about what she was saying is there is science out there that proves what the Bible says. All she knows, all we know is God said, let there be. And if there was a huge bang because of it, then that's what, the way that it was. Yeah. The end. Yeah. So I thought that was beautiful. And, and when I like, and, and throughout the whole, the whole chapter, it didn't say that things was not going to happen. Mm. Like they every every last one of them they went through something, mm. and it says the now faith. Like what I'm gonna do now? It was the now faith that they had. That's what I liked about it. Yes, the now faith. Yes, mm -hmm. I just realized something too. Um, just wondering. A lot of times when we hear preach um, sermons about faith, it's always about how to increase your faith or how you don't have any faith. Especially as we're looking the the New Testament when Jesus was saying you you have little faith, you like faith. But a lot of times, and even saying that you, you can have faith as small as a mustard seed and you can say mountain jump and you shall jump. But it's just like, just that verse three, as um, James was, was saying, it's just like, if you don't have faith, then how you can't even be a Christian because you can't see God and yet you believe in God. You gotta know he's here. <laughs> right? Because you, you have to have faith in order to believe that God exists because you don't see it. And so and you believe that, yeah, he's the creator of the world. And so just an encouragement that we all have faith. It may not be big faith, mm -hmm. but again, God can use the little faith that we have to do great things. So we all have faith. Um, so just wanted to put that out there. And the beautiful thing about that, where do we have little faith or big faith? The whole idea of this Hall of Fame is so you can see it modeled 
Yeah. And you can see how those people weren't perfect. And then we can have be in Bible study and have Taja, James, Ty, Florine, Naya, Sarah, Alicia, and Larry and Shannon here. And they can, we can all like lean on each other and share what that faith looks like today, you know, <laughs> and hopefully through everyone's testimonies become stronger in our own faith and walk with God, you know? Is anybody else here? Anything they want to add for verses one through three? We could go to the next section. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. And um, by faith, Enoch was taken from his life, from this life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he commit, he uh, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Does anybody um, remember any things from the stories, um, the biblical stories of these um, characters and would like to bring it in here to kind of help us um, hone in on what the scripture is telling us? Oh, Florine, you can go. Thank you, ma'am. Um, so I will speak about uh, Abel and Cain. They were two brothers, uh, offspring of Adam and Eve. And Abel and Cain were to bring an offering to the Lord. And Abel's offering was better because he gave God his first. Mm. And Cain did not. Um, but what I want to focus on is Cain killed his brother. And that is why he passed, or that's why he's dead. And um, when God asked Cain, hey, you know, where's your brother? Even though we know God knew where he was at. I love how God asked questions because it's not that he needs to know. It's because he's trying to test you and your faith and your honesty and your integrity in the relationship he has with you. And so he was like, Cain was like, but am I my brother's keeper? Like he got attitude and stuff. <laughs> right. Why you get attitude? Because you guilty. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> and so um, for me, out of that two things, uh, one, yes, I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. Mm -hmm. um, and I did, of course, that's to me the first example of how to give my tithes and offering. I should be giving God my first, my best in everything, not just in money, but in my time, in my um, actions, in everything, um, my worship, all of that. And secondly, um, in this verse where it says, and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. Um, for me, death right now is um, really relevant because of me losing my spouse. So when I read things like this now, it has a different um, 
as Pastor Stephen say, it built me, it's building me up differently. And so when I read that Abel still speaks, even though he's dead, he does. Because when you lose loved ones, you are at a fork in a road. You can either choose to wallow in what the enemy would have you to do, which is be in a pity party and be depressed and choose negative, or you can choose to speak life and the impact of that person dying should push you closer to God because you have questions like why now? Why this person? They were healthy or they were the love of my life or those types of things. And you should want to go to your creator. This is why our loved ones still speak to us because the essence of their being still is with us. They still come to comfort and say, it's going to be okay. I'm in a great place. And that for me speaks volume when I read verse four. So I'm going to just leave it right there. That was beautiful. Anybody know about Enoch? I wanted to add something for Cain. Did Cain have an opportunity to be faithful? God gave him. Yeah. And I say that because, so um, as Florine said, Abel gave, um, God, his offering was of the first of his, the animal that, um, that he gave. And then, um, but Cain, his brother gave a, not as good of a gift. Um, and then in verse, Genesis four and six said, after they both gave their offerings, it says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It, des it desires to have you. You must rule over it. So he's telling we have to rule over the sin there. But that's not God saying, Cain, I don't like you. Cain, you know what? You can't give me no more gifts. I was, so I, I always like think like, well, Cain, dang, like, you could have just bought him your first next time. And that was even before he killed Abel. That, yeah, before he killed Abel. And God is like, Cain, I mean, I like Abel get better, but the Lord in verse four through six, four, um, four and six, before he killed Abel, and he, uh, um, God did like Abel's gift better, then Cain gets upset about it. And, he, and it says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? So like, what, Cain, why are we, we still have the opportunity. To be, he had the opportunity to be faithful the next time. But that's how sin will get us. Right. That's how sin will, will get us. That, that verse gets me every time. I was like, dang, we could have had a whole nother outcome. Dang. Yeah. Dang, you could have come again. You could have presented it. God won't mad at you. Like he won't going to bless you in the future. Like where, where'd you get that part from? Well, unfortunately, sin has, mm -hmm. sin had already entered the world. Mm -hmm. Their mom and dad. And so that's yeah. an outcome, you know, the, the wages of sin is death. And right. so, yeah, yeah. Does anyone have anything to add for Enoch and Noah? And you be sure to check your commentaries. Yeah. If you have, if you want to add anything. Now, if my question is, especially on those three characters. So we know Abel, you guys already talked about the Abel. Enoch was, I don't know, so many generations after Adam and Eve from Seth. But all the, the all that the Bible says was in Genesis that 
Enoch had lived 65 years, then he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, he walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Although he lived 365 days, Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Mm -hmm. That's all he says about Enoch, that he walked with God. And after 365 years, God took him away. And if you were in Bible study last month, we talked about Noah, of course, with um, um, ravenous things, um, the things that we shouldn't should let go. But if you know the story of Noah that God told him because God found him righteous in his eyes, God told him that you are to build an ark. I'm going to send a flood, uh, a deluge, and I'm going to flood the earth. And because I found you righteous, I'm going to save you. And then your family get to come along. Now, from the stories of all those three characters, in my eyes, I did not see them as faithful because I'm like, Abel did not do any, I mean, with regards to how we define faith right now, how do you see faith from those three stories? Because from my, from, from my understanding, from my point, I'm like, I don't see how faith has anything to do with Abel because he just offered a better offering. Enoch didn't do anything. Well, he, he was just right. He was righteous and God took him away. And Noah, God told them you were righteous and therefore I'm going to use you and I'm going to create a whole new world with you and your family. So how do you see faith in those three examples? That's my question. I see faith in the offering itself that Abel gave. Because mm. he, he saw God, okay, I got to do the right thing. I got to, you know, I want to impress God. <laughs> you know, although we don't know what was going in his um and on in his mind but if you're giving your best presenting your first getting it right then it's like you want to present something great to someone that you think is great so to me that showed his faith in God for being the supreme person to say I can't just get you something rinketing I got to get you something great mm -hmm. now going back to the definition of faith that we we mentioned in chapter and verse one Mm. which is faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So in, in that with Abel, what do you think that he was faithful in? What was he being sure of? What was he certain that he did not see? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Did you have your hand raised for me? Go ahead. Yes, ma'am, I did. I'm sorry. I'm over here. Trying to make sure I get unmuted. Um, to to Miss Joanne's question, if I'm understanding it correctly, uh, about Abel and Cain and their offerings, um, I do like your perspective, Miss um, Tracy. As far as you know, Abel was trying to, you know, let me do this, do it right. I feel like I I believe that Abel saw he didn't know that his offering was going to be better than Cain. Let's look at it from that perspective. We all come and bring like our tithes and offering to God, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I have to use from my perspective because I'm studying about widows right now in the Bible. So there's a widow in the Bible who also brought offering to God. She brought two mites or what we would translate as very less in this time and age, probably like two pennies. Let's just call it that. And so she brought two pennies and somebody else brought, you know, this big wad of cash, right? These lots of coins. And Jesus spoke to his disciples in the same way and said, her offering was better. Well, they're looking at her like, well, what you mean? He got all this. We could hear his change hit the bottom of the offering bin. And hers was like, 
hello, hello, hello. <laughs> like it hit the bottom, too, it was too light. And so in that, I like to believe that in this same example with Cain and Abel, we're all giving our, what we deem is best, but by our heart condition, Abel's was better because he gave his first, his best to God and Cain did not. He gave God what was left over or spotted or um, what was it that he gave? I can't even think of it, but it wasn't his best um, sheep. I was trying to look at the thing to see, but he did not give his best offering. That's why um, we're reading it in hindsight and we're seeing that it was better because it was his first or his um, first sheep or flock out of the offering. Right. So that's what I would equate it to is that it was a heart condition where Cain gave his first and Abel was like, I'm gonna just give him this spotted one. He'll be all right and go from there. He says, so that's my part. That's my two cents. It says Cain brought some fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord, the end. But then for Abel's, it says Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. You know, So there was extra emphasis on what um, Abel brought. Yeah. So that, that's what I would um, equate it to, Ms. Joanne. Yeah, I hope that kind of answers your question about Abel, um, at least in that regard. Um, I hope, I mean, I had some other stuff about the other, the other two, but I just wanted to finish that one. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Alicia, has any I was just gonna say that I think that Abel had faith that his offering would be accepted uh, like wholeheartedly, happily by God. Mm-hmm. He just had faith that it would be very pleasing, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the only way that I can interpret that particular like faith with his own sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's good. All right. Anyone else have anything they want to add on to that? All right. Go to the next slide. Are you guys learning things about faith? Picking up some stuff? Yay! I got some hand raised. Okay, good. <laughs> So, oh. there you go. so by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in his, the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with um, foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, he and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Yeah. I see Ty's cameras up. (laughs) She looks at the screen like, what? Uh, Do you, would you like to add in on this part? And you don't have to, but if you would like to. Um, I'm really just like listening. 
Okay. All right. No problem. Um, and I won't call on anybody that doesn't have a screen open. I would say actually this was what stumbled me a little bit in this passage, and I think I've learned a great deal, especially in verse eleven, um, because I, when I read that, and especially I'm like, yeah, I mean Abraham made it because he, with the story of him. I think we're going to see that in the, in the next block with him killing or God asking him to kill Isaac, his only son or the son of the promise. I can see faith through that. But coming back to the verse 8 to 12, um, especially in verse 11, because I recall that when God told or the angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord came and told Abraham at that time that he was going to have a child and Abraham was in his old age and so was Sarah. And I remember Abraham laughed with the, at the angel, right? And the angel came back again and told, and was talking to Sarah, uh, to, talking to Abraham, and Sarah overheard it, and she laughed. And I was just like, wait a minute. So how can here in this chapter, it's saying that even by, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear a child, and she considered him faithful who had made the promise. But when the promise was made to her, she laughed. And I don't know, uh, for some reason, I, I pondered over it and I did some research and it did give me so much hope. And I did get an answer for, for my, my, I guess my lack of faith in the fact that <laughs> Abraham and Abraham was faithful when God gave them that promise. But I felt it just gave me so much liberation. And that's why I mentioned earlier too, in the fact that we all have faith, whether small or big or it's not about how big our faith is. We, we all have faith. And I think, especially in that passage, I was revealed in a sense of a lot of times we, I should say, I can characterize somebody by a period of their life. Mm. You know, something happened and <clears throat> we put a stamp with somebody because of something they did. They were on the news. They did something horrible. Damn, but bam, that's who they are. Um, or something ha happened in our life, we fall on, on, on some sin or something happened and all of a sudden that's the, that's the, that's what we call ourselves. That's what we label ourselves by, by our sin, by one moment in our lives. And I think for me, I felt like that's what I was doing to Sarah because I couldn't understand. I'm like, she laughed. That's not, how was, how was she faithful? And I felt like God was telling me, well, that's just a little moment in her life. We, we all we are human after all. She was nine years old. And of course, if somebody comes to her and says, yeah, you're going to have a child. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm going to have a child. I'm 90. And my husband is as good as that. How am I going to have a baby? So it's just like, that's given me so much hope that she was human. And a lot of times we think that those people in, in, in the Bible, um, they are superhuman, but they're not. Um, Abraham, they did all kinds of stuff. And we, we've seen it. And they were human. And so we can, I can see myself in Sarah a whole lot more because of me knowing the fact that when God told her, she laughed, you know, I don't see her as a super, super girl anymore because I'm like, yeah, I know she stumbled, but at the end of the day, and that's why I, I, I'm so grateful that at the end of her life, years, generation removed from her, other people were seeing what she did as, well, that was she was, she was faithful, you know, mm -hmm. and that even seeing 
her character as a whole, she was defined as this faithful woman when indeed there are some spot in her life where she wasn't faithful. So that gives me, I don't know, that just gave me a whole lot of hope to know that about Sarah. And, and the beautiful thing is, is that she is listed here in the hall of faith. And she's the one that when God first said, hey, you're going to have y'all, you're going to, Abraham, you're going to have a son. And they're looking at each other. She's like, hold on, here, here, take Hagar. Have a baby with her because I know. And it's like, even through that doubt and the, hold on, like even too, I can see where she's like, well, God said this is going to happen. I don't see it happening through me. So maybe let me lend you my servant so that maybe that's what he's me. Like, so sometimes it's like, we're trying to figure out what God, you know, we want you, we know that he's true and that we believe in him, but it's like, hold on. And like, sometimes we want to use our own strength. Right. <laughs> and our own means but God still sees us sees that we are he doesn't like discount us because right. of these little moments and That's the beautiful right. part in that is like that verse 12 said and so from this one man they're referring to Abraham um and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore so God promised Abraham back in Genesis that he's going to have all these descendants right Mm -hmm. How many sons did he have? Two. Two. So like, we have to think when God says, you're going to have all these many sons. You're like, look, God, Abraham was 100 years old when he had, he had his son, Isaac, and Sarah was 90. How, what do you, what do you mean I'm about to have? I don't, I don't see, I, it's not earthly. I don't see it. Like, <laughs> while you're on earth, I don't, I don't see that. Well, I should say two from the beginning because Abraham did have other son later on. Oh, Some yes. Mm -hmm. on, but yeah, yeah, yeah. From the beginning, yeah. He did have a wife after Sarah. That's true. Yes. But even still with that, like, <laughs> like oh my gosh. So it's like speaking of you're here on earth, but not maybe not in their own genealogy. Mm -hmm. their own or excuse me yes in their genealogy but not in their while they're here on earth the son, the descendants come now now we can all look back and say well father abraham you know? <laughs> our grandfather so the, that means now today we can see yeah he does have about as many as in the sky and as many are on the the, the seashore so that's what i liked anybody oh alicia has her hand up No, I was just going to say, um, especially in regards to the Sarah thing um, and her laughing, it's like, yes, we're human. And it's even more reasonable to uh, to understand where she was coming from, because it's hard to have that level of faith if you haven't seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it's nowhere around you. Yes, he's done many things, but something like that hadn't happened. Had, had they seen it? Had they seen anything like that? No, they hadn't. So it's just like, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you got it. And I know you didn't did all this, but right, that's still a little far-fetched in my human mind. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what verse eight talk about, that Abraham did not, did not know where God was calling him to do or to go. And yet he went anyway. He obeyed and went. Mm -hmm. has, has God ever, in, in our lives right now, has you ever felt like God was calling you to go to some place that you didn't know what it was? Or he was calling you to a place where you realize that, I don't know, Lord, I don't feel like going there. I, I don't think I can. Has that ever happened to you in your life? 
absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to share, um, not a place, but God showed me in a dream that, um, that I, you know, someone asked to marry me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I laughed (laughs) and I, and I, and they were looking at me like, you know, why are you, and as a matter of fact, they asked, why are you laughing? And I said, why do you want to marry me? Hmm. And he said, why not? And I mean, I, and I know, cause you know, God shows me things in dreams and I know that was him showing me and, but you know, that I let, you know, I don't believe in that area that, um, I will get married. Although, you know, I have my days when I'm like, okay, I want to get married. And then I have my days when I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I definitely laughed. I laughed in the dream. Like what? Like, nah, not me. <laughs> so what can you do to have faith? Like if you believe that there are, you know, I've been trying to like do some soul searching and just work on myself, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't know. I um, I will meet somebody, and you know, I don't mind having fun, you know, chit chatting, whatever, getting to know someone. But as soon as they say something stupid, or they might rub me the wrong way, or I might question them because of my past, of what I've been through in my past, I can um, be a little guarded if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I start to see certain signs um from my past relationships I'm like nah and I I will shut it down real quick and I'll start like coming up with all these excuses in my head and it might not even be true but I'll start mm-hmm. coming up with all these excuses in my head on why mm-hmm. I shouldn't do you know um move forward with this person um but yeah um I don't know I would just say continue to work on myself you know you know um I just started a book last night um did I write the name of it town I have to I'll tell you I'll message it to you but it said most times rejection is truly projection so and she says I have fought myself to be rejected many times only for a different reality to reveal itself to me later and that came to me as you were talking is that sometimes we want to feel like there's a rejection out there. Everybody, I'm being rejected, or this opportunity isn't for me, you know. And we're, but that's just us. That's our fear. That's our inner fear that we are just kind of putting out there. But it's not really true. When we really look back after afterwards, you're like, oh, I actually wasn't rejected at all. You know, I was just afraid. I was just terrified of a thing. I just, you know, was letting my past get to me. I was just letting, and one of the questions I was going to ask was, is why is it hard to have faith in God? And you already kind of answered that is because sometimes it's our past. Our human right. nature comes first, our fears, our, I, you know, I've messed up in this area before. How is he going to do it for me again? You know, mm-hmm. those are, can be some of those reasons. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, does anybody else have any um, um, things on why it can be hard for us to have faith in God? Or I actually also wanted to know about triggers, like what's triggering us? Like what's that triggering factor to be like, I almost had faith, (laughs) but now I don't. Like you almost got it, but not there. And for me, I would say it's, um, why is it hard? 
-hmm. sometimes like I know that God is calling me to do something right mm -hmm. but yet on my way there I'm seeing things that are not that I hope for mm -hmm. you know? not that I um imagine that I would, I would get you know in a sense of just opposition for example because I'm thinking well if it's from God then maybe I shouldn't have the oppositions that I'm I'm going through you know and so that sometimes can have my faith wavered or seeing things that I never imagined I would actually have to encounter and sometimes that will take my eyes from the prize and doubting myself and even doubting the fact that I have faith or even doubting the fact that it came from God in the first place. So I, I'll stand my head a lot and say, Lord, maybe this is was me doing it or me wanting this, maybe not really you telling me or it's coming from you. So you're just seeing those oppositions and seeing things that I wasn't expecting along the way to, to, to where I feel like God is calling me to be. So in the process, you saw opposition. Mm -hmm. Did Abraham and um, Sarah have opposition? you also had your hand up i i know we're short on time but i wanted to make sure you stood there um no i was just gonna concur and agree with miss joanne uh obstacles and opposition but mm -hmm. the other thing too because i've experienced it and a lot of people do and i have one in particular that i'm thinking about but death if you have multiple deaths in your like family or in your close mm -hmm. circle it begins to weigh on you, like, why am I being surrounded by all of this? Mm. And this one particular person, it just, it's weighing heavily on her. And I had to, you know, I'm kind of like, um, Moses had Aaron and her to hold up his arms. And so I'm, I'm holding up one of her arms, like, girl, I'm gonna need you to stand up, like, regardless of what's going on around you. God saw fit for you to be connected to these people and for this season and for this reason. So we got to continue to seek God and see what kind of great divine purpose that you have. So um, for me, I would have to agree that a lot of times in our faith journey, we're hoping for a thing. We're believing God for what he said. Uh, okay, God, you said I'm going to be a millionaire, but I got like $2 in my bank account. <laughs> God, I want it now. I believe for it now. <laughs> But you said, I'm going to be a millionaire. So, okay, so I'm going to get this job. Okay, I got a little pay increase. That was two more dollars is all I get, Lord. Okay, well, I'm going to just keep putting the $2 in there. And and then, oh, now I got a bill due? Like, wait a minute, I'm in the red? So we see all of this that we're going through, like Miss Joanne said. Um, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned through this process is a lot of times the opposition is not the enemy we give him too much credit yes we give him way too much credit he can't even be in the same he can't even be in the same places at the same time no he can't only god is so <laughs> he can only set up things in hopes that you will come into his little territory or his trap along the way so we keep believing god or as we're learning tonight have that now faith mm -hmm. we will avoid all of that yeah. but there's going to be some testing. We keep forgetting we got to go into the fire. It does get turned up seven degrees out. Mm -hmm. there so, yeah. so that's all I got. I'm sorry. I know I probably went longer. Good. It just dawned on me too that it says the definition, be certain of what we do not see. 
So a lot of times what we are seeing, don't focus on what you're seeing. Don't focus on your current reality. Mm. Focus on the promise, which is what you do not see. Just focus on that. And then you can bypass whatever it is that, whether it's your own self or the, the enemy is trying to trip you at. It's just like, don't focus on that current reality. But again, just have faith. What is it, what is it that you're hoping for? Mm-hmm. And what is it that you don't not see that you feel like God is calling you to or God is calling you for, God is calling you to do? Just focus on that and not focusing on what we do see. Because what we do see is temporary. That's what the Bible says. What we do see is temporary. What we do not see is what's eternal. So let's focus on that. That's beautiful. That And actually that like, it's like you hear so much, but there was a, a small click in my head just now. Because yeah. sometimes what my trigger, what I was going to say is, so God says, Tracy, this is the promise. This is what I have for you. Then it's like, he doesn't go anywhere, but now it's in my, now I'm Noah, they got to build the ark. Now I'm Sarah, they got to, I was like, hold on a second, God. Now in prayer time and worship, we here. But when it's time for me to go out into this world, God. (laughs) But that's where my mind has to not be, even on what I can see, me. Right. And my strength and what, how I lack, how I stutter and how I stumble and how my past was j- jacked up and how, but focusing on that promise and what God has for me. That was beautiful, Joanne. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> I just, I just understood it myself. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was good. Um, so we are a little bit about, um, past time. So I want to wrap it up guys. Thank you. We are going to have to do a part two because we didn't get through all the scripture. Um, so come back again next, um, first Thursday. I mean, there's a Bible study every single Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, and we also have um, prayer Mondays and Wednesdays at 6 a.m. So be sure to tune in for that um, and give ble- blessing bags that are the first Saturday of each month, the Charlotte one. The Rock Hill one is going to be every um, third Saturday. Um, plus, if there's anybody out there that is in um, L.A., there's an L.A. one now. So um, if anybody has any desire themselves to um, have their own um, Give Blessing Bags in their areas, you can just go to thegiveblessingbag.org and you'll find more information on how to ha- make that happen. Um, so, and definitely join our group meetings to stay abreast on future events and future happenings. And I'm going to pray us out because I, <laughs> we've been with you um, for, and I just thank you guys all for being here and staying the whole time. Um, but Father God, we just thank you on tonight. We just thank you for delivering this message of faith and Hebrews, Lord God. We don't even know who wrote the um, whole Hebrews verse, God, but I just thank you on tonight that somebody heard your words and allowed those words to be written down so that we can see how faith was modeled in your word and apply it to our lives on today, Lord God. And through all of that, Lord God, we get closer to you, Lord God. We get closer to your son, Jesus, Lord God, who you sent on a cross to die just for any, just for each one of us, Lord God. And if there was just one of us left, Lord God, he still would have done it. And we just thank you for that, Lord God. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, who he left to just reside in every single one of us, Lord God, so that if there is any doubt that we have that you are real God if there's any doubt of the understanding of your word Lord God that Holy Spirit God who is within us Lord God that we only ask and we shall receive him Lord God can give us clarity God and show us who you are and just help interpret your 
word, through our own understanding. And I thank you for that, Father. We just thank you for everybody on today, Lord God. We had Sarah in the group whose grandmother had had a fall, Lord God. I just want to lift her name, her up on today, Lord God. I don't know her name, God, but you know her name, Lord God. So I pray that you're going into her, all her family, Lord God, and taking away the worry, God, and just healing and providing healing there on tonight, Lord God. And we thank you even for Ty, God, who had um, an incident, Lord God, with her foot, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for just coming into that, Lord God, in any area of her life, Lord God, where she may feel like, oh, I'm kind of out right now. I'm kind of not able to do all the things that I want to, Lord God. This, through you, Lord God, because we believe in you, Lord God, and because you are the God, Lord God, that makes brings the, all types of possibilities in areas that we see are impossible, God. I just pray, Lord God, that on tonight, this will be one of her most wonderful times in her life, Lord God, that you make her super fruitful, God super just multiply in her life like never before like only you could Lord God and that you just just oh my God increase her in creativity Lord God anything any doubt in her that's blocking her any uh any worries or past that's saying I can't do this or I can't do that or will I be able to oh Lord God I just thank you for just going in and wiping all that out so that she can just freely do her work and her business her LOC that she just got started today Lord God can just prosper like only you can Lord God, and we believe that, Lord God, and everybody that's here tonight, everyone that had to leave, Lord God, everyone that wished they could have been here, Lord God, I just thank you, God, for just blessing, sending us an extra dose of blessings to all your people, Lord God, and that no matter what we're doing, that we're getting closer to you and seeing you in all things. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into our Stolen Lunches podcast. To get connected, log on to StolenLunches.org. We also have numerous online faith community groups that are waiting for you. We are active in these groups all day, every day, praying for you, celebrating you, walking and doing life with you. We have women, men, co-eds, and our cool couples communities. Again, all details, StolenLunches.org.